install the The grandest spectacle. The greatest show of all. Johnny Bang Bang Show. Here's your host, Robert. It's me, it's me, I am the one and only, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Gifford's the name, Johnny Bang Bang Show is the game. As always, we are hailing live from Adrian, Michigan, inside of our month-old studio. A lot of great things coming from this room, new content, old content, merging into one. This is going to be one of those shows that's going to be just tough to get through. You know, this is going to be one of those shows like last night. Monday Night Raw was a tough three-hour watch. It was um, had its moments. It definitely had some highs, but uh, the highs last night didn't even match the lows of last week. I felt like uh, last night's show on Monday Night Raw was one of those that... I suppose you could talk about it being a, a setup. You know, a, they, they did a, they did a lot of resets from where we think we thought things were going just a week prior. You know, a week ago, coming off of the heels of uh, the greatest wrestling match ever, Mantra pay per view that was the Backlash. Um, you know, you thought you're going to have a series of matches between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. They pulled the plug on that one already. It decides Bobby Lashley, I think, is going to be going towards the United States Championship now. Him and Apollo Cruz. So maybe. They that's their way of getting a belt on Bobby Lashley, but they've done it at the expense of, well, I hope it's not, bearing is not the word I want to use, but hurting uh, Apollo Crews, because I'm pretty sure MVP is in a, um, you know, I'm getting ready to say he's getting ready to build a stable, but I've been wrong so many times on the stable front that maybe I'm just hopeful, wishful thinking. Um, but nonetheless, it doesn't look like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre are happening anymore, or maybe they're just kicking the can down the road for another day. But for now, Drew McIntyre last night started the show off, um, and he decided to get a little visitor from, uh, his pal from the past that was Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph came out, basically said that I'm the reason that you are where you are today. And that championship deserves to be around my waist, at least at the very least, I'm deserving of that. So that was kind of the kickoff of the show. Drew McIntyre will take on Dolph Ziggler at Extreme Rules, but that muddies the waters because I thought Dolph Ziggler was a SmackDown wrestler. Well, apparently him and Bobby Roode's, which... Uh, we, we tend to forget is Dolph's tag team partner at times. They were both traded to Raw. I guess they were the names that were meant to be named later in that AJ Styles trade. So now they are on Raw. And uh, so now Dolph Ziggler, for no apparent reason other than that, he, you know, I guess was a part of the uprising of Drew McIntyre and his comeback story will get a title shot now at Extreme Rules. Needless to say, this is not the only um, uh, side, sideways step that they took yesterday on the show. They did a lot of that. Um, we, 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 I, I, and not necessarily in a bad way. It's, it's not fair to sit here and criticize the whole time. I, I would have rather seen Lashley and McIntyre flush that story out a little bit more. Not necessarily that Lashley would have had to have ever gone over, but they could have got refocused, you know, a couple months down the road because I actually enjoyed the winner take all match that they, the four of them had a week prior on Monday Night Raw. I thought it was rather entertaining, but some of the other things that took place, Nia Jax then 
she came out to the middle of the ring shortly after Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler had their back and forth, and she decided to uh, basically hold the ring hostage until she was heard. They came back from break. She started complaining about uh, Charlotte Flair getting a title shot against Asuka uh, after it being uh, basically non-deserving, and uh, you know Nia being the this you know this force that needs to be reckoned with uh she deserves her chance again uh, so that that upset charlotte flair she came out i don't need to give you the recap bottom line is if you watch the show you know that charlotte flair is the is in my opinion we talked about this last week is en route at SummerSlam to take on randy orton that doesn't change anything the only thing that's changed and this is something that we alluded to last week on the show was that I believe they're going to do it with Charlotte Flair being a babyface. And if she's a babyface, how are they going to get her there? Well, Nia Jax is a heel. Charlotte comes out. They have their, their back and forth. And Nia and her have a little tussle at the end of that inter, um, exchange, which then leads to Nia uh, in a later uh, segment on the show attacking Charlotte Flair, basically um, – leaving her appendages or arm hurt so bad that it weakened Charlotte as she took or took on uh, Oscar later on in the night. So it's one of those things that I'm okay with this part of the story. I, I You have extreme rules. I'm not sure what the pay-per-view is, is in July, but you have two pay-per-views between now and SummerSlam to tell the story of Randy Orton and Charlotte Flair. This then brings me to Randy Orton taking on the big show. What else are they going to have Randy Orton do? Well, they're not going to have Randy Orton disappear for two months and then come back and have this. They would lose steam. Right now, they've done a very good job of making him this old version of himself, the legend killer. And it's been quite some time since he's killed some legends. So now his newest victim is going to be the Big Show, which is a great legend to, quote unquote, kill in this moment because... First of all, Big Show is a credible fighter. He's got a credible resume, and uh, obviously he's a seven-foot monster that is a, a credible opponent for Randy Orton, something we haven't seen in quite some time. So now, inevitably, when Randy Orton does destroy the legend or does end up, quote-unquote, killing the legend that is the Big Show, it makes his stock even that much higher. Now, is Big Show stock as a WWE superstar the highest it's ever been? No, but it's another notch on the belt, and it just helps those video packaging tapes down the road when it's not just Edge, not just Christian. Now it's Edge, Christian, Big Show. The list continues to grow. So let me point out the parallels because to me, the pictures is more as clear as ever. This is how I see the booking of Randy Orton versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam. And again, this is something that not only I believe is going to happen, I want to see this happen. Okay, let's step back for a second. You had last night, Nia Jax basically ruining the chances of Charlotte Flair, who Time and time again has proven that Asuka cannot beat her in a one-on-one competition. I believe she's something like 3-0 and against Asuka uh, in just straight heads-up one-on-one competition. She pointed that out again last night. Now she was injured. So now a little bit of heat goes on Nia Jax, and Charlotte Flair has a little bit of sympathy on her. This helps set the table. 
After Extreme Rules, clearly Charlotte Flair is going to beat Nia Jax. That then will allow, and maybe maybe they push it down the road one more month. Maybe they have a, a two match series where Charlotte Flair, you know, gets a little bit more sympathy. That that I'm not saying is going to be this perfect story that's going to take place. Just the way I'm seeing it, I'm just saying eventually Charlotte Flair will overcome the obstacle that is Nia Jax. And maybe they put another person in front of her. I don't know. But it's one of those things where Charlotte Flair, there's not a lot of opportunity left on the women's roster right now as far as storytelling that Randy Orton is the best option. And Nia Jax being able to look her eye in the eye or, you know, face to face, that in itself is an image and worthy of a match. Now, the inevitability of Charlotte Flair winning that match is going to happen. That sets the table for her being a babyface. You know, you're going to have Randy Orton, who just got adorned last night, the greatest wrestler ever, according to Ric Flair. Hmm, interesting caveat, right? Because Ric Flair just helped uh, Randy Orton a week prior, low blowing as reliving up to his name as the dirtiest player in the game. So you've got this idea, or you've got this uh, this path that these two. These superstars are on. Well, what's going to end up happening, and this is the way I think they should book it, and it's being, it's being touted a lot of different ways, and any way will be good as long as they get there. But my opinion, instead of Randy Orton, or instead of Ric Flair, excuse me, just backing his daughter every step of the way, this is one of those things where you actually get heat on Ric Flair for not backing his daughter. And then by proxy of that, you get heat on Randy Orton because Ric Flair is basically saying, Charlotte, I'm sorry, you're great. You're the greatest woman's wrestler of all time, but don't take this match kind of resemblance of the way he Ric Flair was trying to talk Christian out of it. He knows what Randy Orton is capable of. And therefore he is talking to his daughter by saying, don't take this match. And then up until SummerSlam, Ric Flair is in the corner of Randy Orton. Not until the match happens as SummerSlam. And this is the way I would book it where Randy Orton backs up. He's getting ready to punt Charlotte Flair, when all of a sudden Ric Flair jumps in the middle of the ring, has a change of heart, basically says, she might be, you might be the greatest wrestler ever. You might be the legend killer. I might've backed you up until now, but I'm her father. And therefore imagine that image, Ric Flair pleading for Randy Orton to not punt him because a lot of people are saying that Randy Orton to get heat in this match should, and to make Charlotte Flair more of a baby face, Randy Orton should actually punt Ric Flair en route to SummerSlam. And that'd be fine too. That would actually work. But I actually like this way just a little bit better because it gives the out of the match. Then you could have Charlotte Flair low blow Randy Orton, turn the tables on himself and either, either punt him or the low blow is enough where she ends up getting the win. But either way, I think you could, there, there is ways where Charlotte Flair can go over at SummerSlam on Randy Orton and teach him, quote unquote, the lesson, get Charlotte Flair as the baby face, and then also have Ric Flair learn the error of his ways. So I'm excited for that. I still think it's going to happen. A lot of people now in the Twitter universe are talking like WWE has just abandoned this idea. Guys, we have two pay-per-views. There's a lot of story to tell. Sometimes you just can't skip to the end of the book. You have to read the middle pages, and we're in the dog days of it right now. So I would say try to find the good in it. Just sit back, find the good in it, and see what 
you can enjoy. Look, Bray, before you even get started, just don't. You had your opportunity and you failed. There are no more games. This story between me and you, it's over. (laughs) Our chapter may be over. But Brian, I wasn't lying about resurrecting the dead. Our story is just getting started. What's wrong, brother? You look like you've seen a ghost. (laughs) Now, in order for us to move forward, we must first take a step back to where it all began. created you, Bron. Hmm. Therefore, it is my duty to destroy you. And you know where to find me. All you have to do is follow the buzzards. <laughs> Oh, man. Every time I hear that, it just sends chills and tingles down my body, man. There is no bigger Bray Wyatt fan than me. I played that clip for a reason because it is point blank going to be the first segment or the first time segment ever that we have of the greatest thing I've seen in the past week. The best thing I've seen all week is Bray Wyatt, the eater of worlds and the Wyatt family uh, cult leader resurrecting by the one and only Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse, as he told you on the that episode of Firefly Funhouse, how he has been practicing the art of waking the dead. And I'm telling you, if, if they're going this version of uh, the three phases, faces of Foley, there is absolutely no better person in wrestling to pull this off. Bray Wyatt is in a league of his own. Unfortunately, I just doesn't ever seem to get the, um, I still think that that man doesn't get the love he deserves. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that the, the creative hasn't backed him in the past because they had the past year has been Bray Wyatt's story. This right here. Oh my gosh. Am I, am I fully invested now in Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt again? Yes, because Wyatt's part of storytelling carries that rival. Braun is just the beast. I mean, he's just this massive monster that, that helps by his physical stature alone. But best thing I've seen all week was the, the resurrecting of Bray Wyatt. And I, here's what I hope they do with it. Obviously, I hope they find a way to keep the strap on Braun Strowman. Uh, up until SummerSlam, where The Fiend ultimately takes it back. Now, I'm not a fan of Bray Wyatt being the champion as The Fiend. I would love to see Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, as the champion, because that, to me, was never given to me in the capacity that I wanted one time, and then given right back to Randy Orton at WrestleMania a month later, and that's because they were repositioning the things for the draft. But... That was on a jam-packed Friday Night SmackDown. You had Matt Riddle make his uh, debut. You had him beating and upsetting uh, uh, AJ Styles in a non a non-title match for the IC title. 
the celebration alone at the end it was it was in a, you know one of those moments that will will sit in somebody's premiere to make it one of the greatest premieres of all time, even with with or without a crowd. But Bray Wyatt resurrecting as the cult leader and just getting that just that two minutes of that slippery tongue, the way he talks. And I know we've been getting that in, in, in some form or fashion um, uh, throughout the past, you know, nine, 10, 11 months as Bray Wyatt, as the Firefly Fly Funhouse, Mr. Rogers character. I love it. I love it. But his philosophy is not a very good fighter. His person, that personality is not a very good wrestler. And therefore he should always lose if he's that person. And, I, and I'm always going to be on board for that. The Fiend is that other extreme, the other way um, on the pendulum or the spectrum of things, and therefore he should always win, or at least win more times than not. And then you have this middleman, which is Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, who never won, never won and needs wins to validate that character. Now, he doesn't win, need to win all the time, but he does need to win sometimes to make that character actually have some type of credibility on him so it all things considered best thing i've seen all week was that time that two minutes that moment of promo from bray wyatt where you just sit back and you just soak it in and you just let the man do what he does uh it was very 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 good to see them go down that direction uh, finally, last couple things that we'll touch upon. I thought last night's Monday Night Raw had a great match for and a great way to put a ribbon on the end of the Viking Profits rivalry. You know, you had the uh, Street Profits and the Viking Raiders go back and forth for, man, it feels like the entire 2020 year, but it, I'm sure it's been three, four months of this. And uh, I, I love the way that they turned this story on its on its head. You know, they were going to be rivals. They were going to be, and they are rivals. You can, what I love though, is that they made them rivals without having to make them both bad or one bad and one good. It works. They actually became a fam out of it. And I think it, I think it actually added more to the, to the, the storylines that we got over. And I was glad to see that last night, what I hope is the ribbon on the end of that, because that, that storyline needs to come to an end. Um, but it, it was very well done. Very, very happy to see the Viking Prophets get that W over them last night, putting them now, in my opinion, back to square one and even and really putting the credibility on the championships that they hold. So I thought that was great. I love seeing Angel Garza and Andrade on the same page, man. I would have loved to have seen this Ben Garza and Austin Theory and kept uh, Andrade in a... Uh, you know, in a, a role where he's a singles competitor, but they decided to go against that, which brings me, if we're going to have the best thing I've seen, we're going to have to go with the worst thing I've seen. And the worst thing I've seen in the past week is basically twofold. I wanted to go with an on-screen character and talk about my disappointments with the direction that they continue to go with uh, Seth Rollins. Last night, I was the first time I had fatigue on it. I, I love Seth Rollins. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. I think he is an absolute superstar, and I actually enjoy the the character that he currently is. However, there doesn't seem to be getting any layers to it, and they're just kind of pushing out Dominique, Rey Mysterio. They're threatening the idea of these stairs again, which works for Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, but it's ultimately going to lead again to a Seth Rollins loss. 
And the only way that I can get a payoff on this is if they let Seth Rollins beat Rey Mysterio, but then that's like kind of letting the bully win and the payoff doesn't make much sense for the story. So Seth Rollins, if he's going to be this um, charismatic cult leader, you have to be, you have to, First of all, you have to get wins, but you also have to be charismatic. And I think this this mindless staring that I enjoyed a month ago has now kind of ran its course with me. So that was going to be the worst thing I've seen. It unfortunately has taken a back seat due to the hashtag speak out or speaking out movement that's been taking place over professional wrestling over the last 72 hours. Uh, maybe, maybe another day on top of that. It's just uh, one of those things where... It's an unfortunate reality that the, the the ladies of wrestling, I say ladies, there's been some gentlemen speak out too, but more so this, this uh, old school way of thought that uh, men can push themselves onto women. Um, and it's just, uh, it's one of those things that we will never know the full truth of any story. You listen and you give... Uh, um, you give the floor to the women that are posting... Um, their stories on the or speaking out, literally speaking out on the injustices to them, um, sexual harassment, or just moments of feeling uncomfortable because men in the wrestling world have put them in positions. Now, with that being said, not every case is necessarily illegal, um, but some of them are predatory by nature. Just the trend of it over and over again. Um, you know, there's been some guys that come on and, and take ownership of their, or at least accountability of their misdoings and said it was a one-time thing and have been forgiven for that. You know, uh, um, a Sammy Guevara who's now just been suspended by AEW without pay, the pay going to, um, um, I'm not exactly sure the charity program that's going to be taking it, but basically it's a nonprofit or organization that helps women battle back against um, those that might have been victims of these types of things. So he has apologized, and um, in his case, is just a young kid being a young kid. You know, I would never want my worst thing or my worst day to be publicized. In his case, it was. And uh, I know he meant no harm by it. He stated that Sasha Banks has then came back and forgiven him. But it, it is one of those things. It's just uh, that type of language as we are in this movement with not just, you know, the hashtag me too, the speaking out, but Black Lives Matter just in time, this moment in time where people are had enough. They've said no more. And um, that's the worst thing I've seen all week. And uh, unfortunately, it shines a light on some of the cockroaches that are in the business and hopefully um, at the very least this brings awareness so that more of these situations don't arrive in the future. So I always hate ending on a downer. So I will tell you what to look forward to look forward to NXT and AEW tomorrow night. A lot of good things taking place, but the best thing you're going to see on both of those shows tomorrow night is the, North American Championship triple threat match between Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and then our man Keith Lee, where the winner of that will then in two weeks' time take on Adam Cole in a winner takes all for both championships. And um, it's it's going to be one of those things where is it Keith Lee? Is it Finn Balor? Is it Johnny Gargano? Who do you want to see take on the one and only Adam Cole? Uh, in two weeks time. So 
I hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, I am your man, Robert Gifford. This is the Johnny Bang Bang Show. Stay tuned this week. We're going to drop our first ever three count uh, on uh, YouTube, and we look forward to seeing you guys then. As always, take care. Follow, like, or subscribe. Hit us on all those things at JBB Wrestling. I appreciate your love. I appreciate your time. We'll see you on down the road. Enjoy.